Oh, there's a button. Hey there, we are back for season two. This is our first episode of season two, and we're really excited. Karina and I have been um, taking some time to reflect on season one and figure out what we want for season two. And and so in that reflection, um, I just want to start off by asking Karina, what did you learn or take away from season one? It was like a a very slow moving whirlwind. Like about a year ago, we started talking about maybe mm-hmm. doing this and then we said, sure, we're going to do it. And we built up and had a huge learning curve. And then we finally launched in the fall and we did six episodes, I think. Six, yeah. Six full length episodes. And it was, I think when you go back and listen to it, we sound like, oh, we're so calm having these conversations. But then we would release episodes and we're like, oh my gosh, what did I say? And what are people going to think? And how is this going to be received by those who know me in real life? And did mm-hmm. I mean everything that I say? Did I articulate it properly? So it was a lot of like, uh, we were ducks. It was, we looked like we were floating gracefully across the pond, but underneath it was a little bit chaotic and inside. So what was your internal chaos that you were confronting and working through as we were doing season one? I think uh, it, was interesting because what we did is we had this idea of moving these living room conversations that we were having and kind of bringing them public and I know mentally I was like oh yeah we can do that that'll be no problem because we do it all the time right like it's um and then when it came to actually doing it I think I was surprised at the inner resistance that I felt like it brought up a lot in me about being uh, afraid of being misunderstood. And, and I, for someone who in, in, when I feel like I'm in a place with people that love me and, or that there's like a great purpose in what I'm saying, I'm pretty no holds barred. And all of a sudden I felt all of this resistance of like, am I saying this carefully? Am I, going to be misinterpreted and I actually really noticed some some habits in the way that I was talking that I am really hoping to be able to let go of um, because I think it would be better to to bring everything and maybe be misunderstood than to be so careful that I don't say anything of value and so that was a really big learning curve probably still is for me and and um I think I was worried about oh these people are going to be listening and then it turns out like none of those people are listening so um it's all entirely different people that are listening and so I don't need I don't need to worry as much like I'm actually not that important and I mean that in a good way like I don't mean I suck I mean that in a you know what I'm actually not that important in a way that should silence me. Let's put it that way. So that was a, a big thing that I realized. Plus I realized there's all these things that you do in regular conversation that are totally annoying when you do them on a podcast. Like these affirmation sounds that, that you know, we like, mm, yes, I'm li-. it's like, stop doing that on a podcast. Nobody wants to know that you're affirming the other person. We just want to hear the other person. So those are the, the things that were uh, I didn't expect that were difficult. And, and the other thing 
that was unexpected was for the things that I did say and for the conversations that we did have, people's response that was kind of exactly what we were hoping for of like, thank you for starting this conversation and being able to kind of move a little bit and open up some channels of, of conversation with people that maybe wouldn't have happened otherwise. That was beautiful and glorious. And I just would love more of that. Like that was, it was, so I'm so glad we did it, but I also think, wow, there's lots of room for growth, which for me, that's something that I really like. Um, once I get past the like, oh my gosh, that was so awful. I, and so I'm really looking forward to season two and what that's going to bring. How about you? I think I compartmentalize things a lot. So there were a lot of times where we're like, we'd have, we record and we'd sign off and I'd be like, all right, good. We did that episode. And then Karina would text, oh, can we redo that one? Because I wanted to get this across or let's like, I think there's room. And for me, I'm kind of like, uh, let's wing it and it's out there and whatever. And so what it's taught me is that it's okay to do a rough draft, even in this. As a writer, I hate editing. And so I try, I know it could be better if I did a little bit more editing and rough draft and fleshing things out. But I also kind of like that, well, let's just do it and be done and let it go out there in the universe. Yeah. And so for me, when we've had, when we've decided to re-record or we've, we've had tech glitches, we had a lot of those to begin with. Um, it made me have to kind of open the box again and not compartmentalize so much and really think about, okay, my words do matter. And those people who are listening, like, am I serving the best or are we like serving from the cheap menu today and just kind of like, oh, wow, I had this thought in this moment, but did I flesh it out enough? And did I say it with enough intention? And for the most part, I I think I did, but our, our second or third goes at recording sometimes really, um, compelled me to connect dots better. And I think that that's something that sometimes I'm not great at because I feel like, well, you know me and uh, can't you read my mind? And don't you know, like, <laughs> this is really what I meant. So it was some of that. And I think it... Uh, how do I, I'm not even sure how to put this, but doing this and having those conversations validated something inside of me that acknowledged that I have wisdom and the ability to hear from Holy Spirit and use my brain and connect these dots without a university degree that gives me the permission to do so. And I think that's what I hope our listeners are taking away that if you have the, those university degrees and you are hoity-toity theologist with all the things that you've worked really hard to get, good on you. But if you're not, your voice and opinion and um, prompting from Holy Spirit are just as valid. Yeah. And I salute you for listening and for particip participating in these conversations and sorting stuff out and being willing to listen and read and um, participate, I guess, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I think there is something in that um, imposter syndrome where there's a lot of self-editing and self-silencing that I think a lot of people do in places where we really need your authentic voice. And we even need something 
that is of value is actually hearing somebody work through something sometimes and not always just decided answers or finished responses but to do it in a way that like you say is still um authentic and 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 for us to be doing it in a way that has the fullness that we desire for it but but also the imperfection that says we're all just human here and we're all just doing our best to work it out and everybody actually has permission to do the same so i hope that we've been permission givers even in our imperfect best that we brought in first season i'm looking forward to a new different imperfect best in this next season and i really hope that people men and women are going to be able to know that they can offer the world their imperfect best and you're allowed you're allowed to process those things that have been put in you you're allowed to grow and change in a way that maybe you didn't expect but if if us going first helps yay mission accomplished like more than even do we all agree and think the same things and are we all deconstructing the same things are we showing up more and more as whole people realizing that we have something to offer this world whether it's on a podcast or just in our living rooms across a table because god has just created us with purpose and love and we're allowed to bring that however it is to to the world and i hope that that is part of what we're building in us and then that the overflow of that would be that it gives people permission to do the same in their world for sure so five hot seconds after we finished recording episode five you we like seriously press stop and like oh i think we need to do seven episodes for season one and i'm like okay we are barely getting in six because I started working full time um, right around mid recording of season one. Yeah. And I haven't worked a full time job in 20 years. So it is like legit kicking my butt. Um, and the scheduling has been really difficult and it's been a big adjustment. But we were just coming off this conversation about um, between us, we were calling it Don't Crap on My Table. And it was this whole idea of how do we have these conversations? And can we trust Holy Spirit in the other person? And can we set boundaries and not let triggers send us into oblivion, but mm -hmm. learn from them? And so we had this huge conversation and we had sort of mapped out what number six was going to be. And we had this idea of, hold on, maybe we need to talk a little bit about what we're building in the middle of all of this deconstruction and renovating. And so we didn't get a chance to really get to the point of recording episode seven, so what we're doing right now is either season one, episode one, or the um, flashback to season one or beginning. Right. It's all, it's all of these things mixed up together because we also did want to do a check-in at the beginning of this season and say, okay, where are we at? What have we learned and what are we going to do moving forward? And so that's a little bit of what this is. And so Karina, do you want to unpack a little bit? Oh, I use that word unpack. Oh my gosh. I hate it when people do that. <laughs> okay. Forgive me. Forgive myself. Whatever. <laughs> do you want to explain a little bit about why and how this idea of what we're building in the midst of dismantling harmful theology, like why it's important to keep the eye on what we're actually doing this for 
and how that's played out for you. Right. Well, let me just unpack that in an oh. unpack, pack, packaroo thing for you. Um, <laughs> I'm awful. I'm sorry. Yeah. I forgive me for being but so you're awful. You wear t-shirt, so I can't be that mad. It's true. I covered it up though for, I didn't want to distract people from my awesome shirts. So, but baby Yoda shirts are pretty awesome. Anyways, uh, I think if you were to imagine doing a renovation because you didn't like a wall in your kitchen and you just decided to, to just get rid of the wall, at first it would feel like, oh, this is really good. I'm fixing the problem of the wall. I'm getting rid of the wall. It's gonna be great. It's gonna open up more space. It's gonna do everything. It's gonna fix all the problems. But what you will end up with is eventually creating a problem. If for one thing, you haven't paid attention to what your bearing walls are, first of all, and the places where you might need beams or posts that are like integral to the house, not collapsing on you. And you would want to have an idea of what you were going for. It's great to identify that the wall is a problem, the wall needs to be removed, but you also need to have an idea of at least where you're heading with it. Is it that you want a more open concept kitchen? Is it that you want space for a dining room? Do you want a great big island for a workspace? Like you need to, and, and as you go along, those things might change, but you still kind of need a direction or something that you feel you're building towards. And I think in our faith renovations, the same is also true. It's good and necessary to identify theology that produces no fruit or bad fruit and to say we need to get rid of that and the practices that are attached to it and create something more life-giving. But we also need to, I think it's helpful if we can keep a few things in mind about like what are our goals in doing this because burn it to the ground is going to leave us homeless. It's going to leave us scarred. It's going to leave us with nothing to, nothing to build on. And like I've said before, metaphors are always imperfect, but I think if we're just going for burn it to the ground, we will end up wounding ourselves and probably other people around us just as much as the harmful ideas and concepts that we were trying to deconstruct. I think it's important that, that we keep in mind what we're trying to build because there are going to be moments where we want to just light a match and torch the whole place. Mm -hmm. I'm in a never, never ending kitchen renovation. Um, mostly because we're trying to do it ourselves because whatever, we're dumb. That's basically why. Um, <laughs> so, We've been doing this for 35 years, I think, out of the three years we lived in the house. So we're just constantly in the state of renovation. And I really am at the point where I want to light a match to the place and let it burn because why am I doing this? And so even in the very practical terms of a real life, like brick and mortar renovation, I just keep in mind, oh, I'm doing this because this is not functional. This, the way this is, is it serving me? Mm -hmm. It causes me stress. It makes me feel like I don't want to let anyone in because of the way it 
looks and the way it functions. And our faith can be a lot like that too. And so unfortunately what we've seen far too often, especially in the last year or two, where they've been really, um, I hate the whole celebrity Christian thing, but yeah. it happened. And so there are these professional Christians who fill different entertainment, writing, song, whatever things. Mm-hmm. And they are having a moment where they start pulling a thread of their faith and everything starts to unravel. And now they just want to ball it all up and throw the whole thing away and say, forget it. Cause it's too hard. And I understand that. And I don't, I have nothing but tender feelings for the people who are in that spot yeah. because of the outside pressure, the internal mess, the big questions, the, the expectation of having it all sorted out because people know your name and know your gift right. leaves no space for sorting crap out. And so it feels like either I've got to just keep towing the company line or I need to disappear. There's nothing in between. And so they roll up their faith and they throw it away and they say they don't believe in God anymore or they say that they've had this huge crisis or they end up acting out inappropriately in a number of different ways to get a release. And what we have is these pillars of Christian community crumbling to the ground because they were never meant to be a pillar. They're meant to just be part of the body. And so in doing this podcast and having these conversations, it really is our hope that you stay connected to the body. And that doesn't mean you have to stay in a church with, it makes you feel like crap. It means that you get to find a community of fellow Jesus followers who are ready to hold the safety net for you while you take a leap and say, we'll love you all the way down and help you back up again. And that's what we hope you find, whether it's through the community we're trying to build in the podcast or in your own everyday real life. But you have permission to have these conversations and to ask questions. And I think that's where it started for me was I grew up in a traditional faith where there wasn't room for a lot of questions, especially ones that didn't end with, well, because the Bible clearly says. And so this has been a huge scary journey at the beginning for me to question and ask things and not because I want to wallow in doubt, doubt, but because I actually want to know Jesus more. And I want to understand the heart of God in a loving and nurturing and safe way rather than a vengeful boogeyman thing that was sort of presented to me in different ways throughout my faith. So one of the things we talked about, though, is this temptation when you're in the middle of excavation with your faith to go for one from one sense or one type of extremism into another so we go from the bible clearly says and we're fundamentalist and we're like you know all of the things lined up and and we have all the answers and the bible verse to go with it and i mean sarah bessie just recently uh posted an older piece of hers that she talks a little bit about that how she was raised in the same tradition and and having a scripture reference for every question. And there was such a militant um, assurance and righteousness connected and then morphing into something else. Well, you can swing way off to the other side and join a different type of fundamentalism in the middle of a faith renovation that is equally as unhealthy and damaging, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think, I think 
so many of us feel like we've been hurt and harmed by practices and beliefs within the big umbrella of evangelical slash fundamentalist of varying degrees of severity Christianity. And so we all of a sudden see it for what it is and that there isn't room for life and growth. All that there is is room for is talking points and right answers. And it's really dissociated from life in many ways. But what we sometimes can forget to recognize is that unless we're deconstructing that spirit of fundamentalism, Mm -hmm. what we're going to end up with is becoming fundamentalist progressives for like, I'm just picking opposites. You don't have to become a progressive if you're, if you're deconstructing, but um, it's possible to be just as toxic with a different set of beliefs because we haven't dealt with the heart of it yet. And so I think sometimes in, in other circles, that can look like what's now being called like the call-out culture, where we don't even let anybody learn a new way of talking about things without shutting them down and telling them they're wrong and that they're triggering people and hurting people. It's good to learn how to talk well and have meaningful conversations, but when calling people out and pointing out their wrongness and unwokeness becomes the thing we're doing. We're fundamentalizing again, for lack of a a better phrase. And so I think it helps if we can remember what we're building and we want to build space for questions. We want to build space where what we believe or what we believe to be right is not the thing that we let people hang or go free on. Like I think um, creating just a place where we allow people to be in process and we are able to see that puritanical impulse that we all might have to really do the same thing like it with a different dress. And uh, fundamentalism is, is just harmful no matter who's modeling it. And so I, I think that that is something to be really mindful of in this process that we're on a journey, we're moving towards growth and that, and that it's okay for who we've been, who we are, and if we're growing, who we will be. We're not trying to find just a different place to plant those flags and put in our when we're doing that, we're not doing that, I don't think, in, in a way that will eventually bring life. We'll have to redo it again. We'll have to undo that. And we're not going to find growth that is life-sustaining. We might find growth, but it might just be new weeds. And I think it's our perspective, too. I think that sometimes we can get tunnel vision on our own journey. I think that this is the path that everyone should be on. And growth for everybody looks like it is for me. And I think that we're playing less of a game of Monopoly where we're all trying to get to the highest spot and more a game of Chinese checkers where we're all meeting in the middle and trying to find our way to what is right for us. And I'm not, like you have all of the hoity-toity words for these things. So I'm not talking about all of us 
in a new age way, just finding your way. What I'm talking about is that in our faith journey, God has designed us all as unique individuals. And so where we are meant to land in this next season isn't going to be the same for everybody else. We're not all trying to get to Park Place. We are all just trying to get to the spot where we belong. So my Chinese checkers metaphor, if I'm blue, I'm just trying to go where the blues are supposed to go. I don't need to go where orange goes and it's not my business where orange is headed. They're doing their thing and I have to do mine because God has made us to be that way. And yet I feel like too often in our, especially in the Western culture of comparison and this elitism and brand names and trying to like curate your look and your brand and your Instagram and all of these things, we try and curate so much that we're curating our faith out of authenticity. And so we are moving apart from what is, a real expression and a real relationship with God because we feel like in order to look like we're growing, we need to do it, you know, the Bethel way or the Hillsong way or the whatever way. Right. And none of those ways are bad. It just may not be the way that you're meant to go. And so we were talking a little bit before about what you're learning about like the Orthodox church and how in our, we, we kind of have a similar background with, um, like I grew up in a very charismatic church and you were talking about how those kind of they're weirdos and it's true we were um (laughs) what I'm learning in this is that I cringe at some of the things that I was taught and some of the expressions that were um part of our every Sunday thing but I also hold those dear because in the middle of all of that we're very loving and sincere people who were deeply concerned about my salvation and my faith and mm-hmm. my growth. And so even though I may not, they might've been orange and I'm still blue and we met in the middle and we're moving out. I don't need to cringe at the things during our time together. You know, if I'm making sense there at all. But I think that I lost my plot for a second. It's okay. I think you're, you're bringing up a really important, point of a point that looks like will we let God meet us where we are and how we are and who we are and if we're growing it's going to move us somewhere new do we have to hate who we were in order to become who we are right now that's where I was going yeah Yeah. and I think those are important questions um, and so, right, when I started talking about the Orthodox Church and how we were just saying that growing up, that wasn't something that we really understood. Our, our idea of faith were very, like, linear, that there were Protestants and there were Catholics. I didn't even all- know it was a thing. It's not even yeah. like, I don't really understand that. Like, there was the only break and schism that there was was between the catholics and the protestants like i didn't even know growing up that there was an orthodox church an eastern orthodox church which i think i was telling you like in this we have this group that meets here every week and we were i kind of asked this question i was like was this just me or like and there are definitely some things that probably just I was under living under a rock for. So it's a legitimate question. And a bunch of people were like, yeah, I didn't even know that there was 
uh, Eastern Orthodox Christian tradition until like we had watched Big Fat Greek Wedding 20 years ago and we're like, what is a Greek Orthodox? Like, what even is that? And I, my Greek Orthodox and Eastern Orthodox, I don't even think they're the same thing, but I'm just saying this was a whole new world for me. And so I, um, so I you're getting theological teaching from is I Big Fat Greek Wedding. Excellent. Yeah. <laughs> Why do you want to leave me? <laughs> exactly. No, so we I went up with the kids and Zane was like, does Windex really work like that? <laughs> maybe we should like, try baptizing in Windex. Maybe this is what we need. Maybe that's what we're missing. But I think, and bringing that up, my point is that none of these expressions of faith and these traditions of faith are 100% right and the only way to know God and to walk with Jesus. There are different ways and they're all equally imperfect. And so leaving evangelicalism for Catholicism might be the path that you're meant to be on, but it doesn't mean that evangelicals as a whole are terrible and Catholics are perfect or vice versa or any other way, right? Mm -hmm. We are all just really imperfect, messy people trying to sort our own junk out so that we can know God more. Yeah. And our paths are messy and intertwined and bump up against each other. And sometimes we see someone moving towards something that in our experience was not good for us, but it might be exactly what they need. Right. And so we can't, we can't hold other people by our own experience. Like even for us, I moved out of a charismatic church into a more traditional Mennonite church and found a lot of healing and freedom there. You moved out of a Mennonite context into a more charismatic space right. and found healing and freedom there. doesn't mean that one was terrible and the other one was great. It just meant that we need a fuller, broader experience of faith. And that's why I really think it's valuable to have friends outside of your church, to not grow up in an incubator of all of the same things like all the same school church youth group volunteerism all that happening in the same this doesn't sound very nice but cesspool of the same germs all like together you need to introduce other expressions so that you have what we have talked about before is a full spectrum of god and you mm -hmm. see god in all of the ways he reaches out to know us yeah i think that's our that's if we can get our heads wrapped around that, it, I think it will only increase our faith and make it more vibrant and more, and will God will get bigger. And, and that's good. Like it's, if I've got God in a nice understandable box, there are things we can know about God, but if I know everything about God, then I don't want that to be true. I want to always be learning and understanding things about the expansive inclusive nature of God that is beyond what I could understand, who does things beyond what I could hope for, what I've ever believed for, and then to actually live that experience. But it, it's very easy to become insular and to become, this is my team and it's not your team and we're opposed to one another. I think we will do better when we can move 
be, be mindful that we have a tendency towards us and them thinking. So let's not leave one us to a new us. Let's, let's be moving towards we and allowing those different expressions that we all need for health and life and growth and a faith that is vibrant and allowing that journey to be authentic and unique for every person. I think that's helpful. I think it's helpful if we can remember that a, a refiner's fire is good, but a forest fire is not. And so, you know, let's, let's let, you know, the, the loving judgment of God come towards the things in us that aren't helpful, that will let those things rise to the surface and be removed. But let's not get rid of the whole process of growth and fire and transformation. But then let's also not burn the house down or tell everybody else that they need to burn their house down so that so they can we look back onto the idea of why are we doing this so as individuals in our own faith journey when we start you know like he said pulling that thread why are we doing it and what is our end goal like do we want to like the why matters so much is i guess yeah. what i'm saying and so for for some of you who are listening, like you may have fallen headlong into this rabbit hole and with no intention, you just asked a question one day or you read something or someone said something to you that clicked and suddenly you are like in a flushed away moment and you have no idea what, what's happening. And then yet others have been really intentional and have been really like, okay, deep breath because here I am diving and I'm going to figure this out on my way. Either way, I just hope and I pray that, you know, as this year unfolds and we're in 2020 and everyone's talking about this perfect vision, 2020 vision, whatever, uh, it's clear to you Yes, that where God is, not where he's going to make you land, but the direction you're moving in and why you're doing this. Um, and sometimes even in something as deep and as meaningful and important as re-examining your faith some people just start because everybody else is doing it and they start regurgitating weird quotes and half cooked ideas and to join what they feel is a trendy thing and I hope that you find authenticity in this and recognize that we don't need to pull apart crap just to have something to do but our intention and our heart's desire in this really I hope is for you to know Jesus more and to know God more fully and to remove those harmful things. Cause one of the other things we've talked about is it's one thing to talk about traditions of faith, not serving us, but it's a whole nother thing when we start talking about people who've been traumatized and abused through their, the expression of faith that they've been raised in or exposed to. And hopefully like this season, we want to bring in some people who are more, versed in this conversation and who have done more research and who can enlighten us on some of these topics but just anecdotally you and I both have experienced moments of talking people through and being walked through what it looks like to try and sort out your faith journey when it's so tied to such negative things yeah I I think I am 
when I, when I think about this process of how we grow and how we move and how we really have our being in, in faith, I often am reminded of the story of Abraham and how when God or Abraham, I'm going to go out on a limb and say, thought he heard God tell him to sacrifice his son, Isaac, that the point of the story, I don't think, is did God or didn't God tell Isaac to, or tell Abraham, pardon me, to, to sacrifice his son. The point is to know that that's what every God was asking every person to do in that culture, in that era. And what if instead of trying to figure out my interpretation is I don't think God actually asked him to do that. I think that he had no other filter or framework to hear God except for that. But God, however he did it, he met him where he was with the reasons he had and everything. He met him where he was and then he moved him to something that wasn't just a different kind of sacrifice the thing that you love the most like it wasn't he didn't just move him to something that looked different but was essentially the same he elevated his thinking he said hey i know you think you heard that i want you to sacrifice your son and i just need you to know i'm not like all the other gods around you i'm not like molech i'm a god that brings life that that you know won't destroy you in order for us to have relationship and that's what God's like wherever you're at, whether you're deconstructing because of trauma or because you just are like, this is not working for people around me. It, it, I need to, is this thing that we believe actually true? Or even if you're jumping on a bandwagon because you want to be a part of where all your friends are undoing and going. I think that we can see throughout history, God has been so good to meet us wherever we are at and even to meet us in our misunderstandings. He's that good. He's that secure. God is so confident in his love for us that he will meet us wherever we are. And, and let's stay connected to that love that meets us where we are and then moves us to something that will be more life-giving, that will leave more spaciousness, that will give a greater understanding that we couldn't have before in the place we were at. And I think um, that's, that's my hope, is that we would trust the goodness of God to meet us where we are, and then to take us somewhere that will be good for us to go. I want, if you're listening, stop this and go back to the beginning of Karina's story about Abraham, because when she first brought this up to me, it blew my mind because I never thought I never thought that of that story in the context and in the way that Krina brought it up I was like I said raised in the Bible clearly says this is the way it is this is who God was and it never occurred to me that that story unfolded with Abraham taking his son to be sacrificed because that was the context he understood based on the gods of his time I always assumed that that was really what God had wanted and really 
intended was to have I Abraham do that. Maybe it was, but maybe it was just the way that Abraham understood because of the context he was in. And when now all the time I'm reading the Bible, I'm like, okay, is that really what God meant to have happen? Or is that because of our limited understanding of what God is? And I look at it in my own life. Is this really God at work or is this part of my limited understanding? And so my constant prayer has been, especially over these last six months or so, is remove my limitations of understanding God. Like, let me, help me see this in a much bigger way. And not just through my tiny human Nicole experience of life, but maybe from another perspective. And I feel like I'm, I feel like it's wells up inside me sometimes to like stand on my desktop and captain my captain this whole faith journey and say, you know, I need a different perspective. And maybe that's what we're asking here is that when you look at what you're building, don't look at what you've built before and don't look at what other people have built for you. Ask God for a different perspective and ask God to lift your head to help you see where he might be taking you. And, you know, I had this incredible opportunity in the fall to go to Scotland and, um, I think I might just move there because I've never, ever been, I'm like smitten, completely, absolutely in love with the country, with the people, the landscape, the culture, all of it. And what, one of the things in this conversation that keeps coming back to me is that we drove through the highlands and every time we're like driving down these little curry roads, I'm like, oh, I guess we've seen what we can see. And now it's done. We come up through another hill and God blows us away with his creativity. And there's a, a much bigger expanse in front of us. And then we drive down through the valley. And it happens. I've been driven through the Rockies a bazillion times. Mm-hmm. But there's something about the ruggedness and the untouched landscape of the Scottish Highlands that just was so, had such a visceral reaction to. And I th- hope that my, in my journey in faith and growing and my hopping across the checkerboard, that I continue to have a visceral reaction to the God-breathed perspective mm. of this journey. And that when I see someone else take a leap, that it takes my breath away knowing that God is in that leap, even though it's not the same one that I'm taking. And trusting, and that's a huge piece of what I think we talked about last season was trusting God enough to be present in the life and the decisions of someone else, even if it doesn't make sense to you. Yeah. And I think, I think that's where I'm landing at the end of season one, moving into this one. And in my own personal faith journey of trying to figure out what the heck I'm doing and where I'm going in my life. And, um, am I using this one life and this one experience in a way that brings honor to the full nature of who God is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think that's good. I think um, I would encourage us to spend time asking God, asking spirit, what are we building? Where are we going? And not in the like, so I can say I've arrived, but so that we're meant, we're, we're made to be builders and, and, Destruction for the sake of destruction is just destructive, but destructive that's moving towards something that is 
good, that is life-giving, that is um, more than what we had before, I think that's really helpful. And let's keep ourselves pointed in that, in that direction. Even if, even if the, you know, where are we going looks like we're just taking one more step in this direction. We might not get more than that. Sometimes a lot of the times we don't get more than that, but it's learning to trust God. It's learning to trust God in us. It's learning to trust God in the person across from us. And it's learning to trust that we are in fact building something that will last, that will be part of, uh, to use a churchy phrase, bringing heaven to earth, that, that we will participate in that process with God and really be conscious and mindful that we don't want to go from one fundamentalism to another, from one thing rooted in the knowledge of good versus evil, right versus wrong, but that we're actually moving towards something that is truth and life. I agree. And I look forward to what's going to unfold this season because it's another leap. We took a leap last year and we said yes to this. And now it's just another okay, God, what is this going to look like? And I'm grateful for each one of you who listen or watch and participate with us online mm -hmm. and journey with us because um, we're in this together and that's the way God meant it to be. We're a community. So thanks and we'll um, be back next time. Sounds good. Be well, everyone. Amen. Amen.